Uh, good to be in worship with you, and I, I really think about, um, I was thinking about this earlier today, just thinking about the letters that the church at Corinth received from Paul, and Lord knows I am not um, trying to make myself out to be like Paul, but my point is, is he was writing a letter to them. They didn't get to be together. They were separate in different places, and we're getting to live stream a message to you. We're not together, but still, it's what's been going on since the beginning, right? It's what Paul and those guys do, and it's what we're doing today. So we're just grateful for the opportunity. Listen, as we continue to read through our reading plan together, and we've been trying to do the morning devotions, dealing with each chapter, maybe just a thought from the chapter. Don't forget, if you have questions or thoughts that you'd like to send in, you'd like for me and Josh to address, um, we're going to try to do that on the Friday's uh, devotion at 10 a.m., so just keep that in mind. Send your questions in. We had some this week, and we look forward to some more this week. The last week we had some, we look forward to some this week. All right, guys, let's get into the message. I just want to read first out of 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. And we're going to begin in verse number 5. And we're just going to read through verse 11. He said, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man. So that on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. For to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Verse 11, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Father, we thank you for this time. We just pray, Father, as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, that you would teach us, Father, that you would deal with our hearts about what you would desire from us. God, we love you and we trust you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, as we continue, 2 Corinthians is a strong book. It starts out strong when you think about uh, looking at some of the things that a disciple of Christ will deal with, will suffer. Uh, suffering was the one thing that, that we dealt with very quickly as a Christian. We understand that uh, we're going to suffer uh, in order that we may grow. Um, we also seen that suffering uh, determines how we respond to the su suffering, determines a lot of times what the outcome will be. It's not that the outcome may not change, but will we grow or will we decline? Will, will we become better or will we become bitter, um, one person once said. But we also see in these chapters, we see the disciples of Christ falsely accused we see uh, disciples of Christ are, are tempted to accuse and slander and gossip. Uh, so the reality is, is that uh, being a disciple, it was not easy then. It's not, not ever been easy. It's always Jesus, when he always talked about following him, he always said, count the cost. This is what it's going to cost you to follow me. Today, as we look at this chapter that I've read, verses 5 through 11 of second chapter, what we learn is about, repentance and forgiveness 
If we're not careful, sometimes because we've been hurt from somebody, we find ourselves having to grant forgiveness. The fact is, New Horizon, we are not perfect people. We're not in a perfect world. And we live in a world where the enemy desires to drive a wedge between us, to destroy us, to hurt us. And he does that many times by causing us to hurt each other. We are people that need forgiveness from God and from each other. So Paul reveals in these verses what faith and repentance and forgiveness accomplishes. So I just want to begin as we think about that. i got six things I want us to think about uh, this morning on this topic uh, of repentance and forgiveness. First of all, number one, I want us to understand that unforgiveness and the lack of repentance reveals the pride in our life. You, you see, Paul is coming to this guy, and, and coming to the church, and he's writing in verse 5, he said, But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent not to be too severe. This punishment, which was inflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man. So what it, Paul's probably, we don't know for sure, but we think he's referring back to 1 Corinthians 5. You remember the man that was caught in sexual immorality, and Paul was saying, turn him over to Satan that he might be saved. And the idea was to put him out of the church, out of the fellowship, because why? Because he was not willing to repent. He didn't have remorse. He didn't have repentance in his life. He, he was just celebrating his sin and unwilling to change. So Paul said, put him out. But now we've come to a place, listen, that, that says what? Paul is saying, it's been enough. You've put him out. Something has happened in the guy's heart. He's come back to a place of repentance. He has a place of remorse. So Paul is saying, now bring him back in. But but. The thought is this. Think about this. When we are prideful, we don't want to repent. We want to be like that guy there. I, I'm in this sin. I, I think my sin's all right. I don't think my sin's hurting anybody but me. And I'm going to continue in this sin and don't care what other people think. It's a pride. It's a pride that really, and pride always says what? Pride always says, I'm God. And I'm going to do what I want to do. But also, unforgiveness does the same thing. Uh, not only does the lack of repentance reveal pride in our heart, but so uh, does unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness says, here, here they have that they've brought a punishment to this guy because he wouldn't repent. Now he's repented, but they're saying, no, we're not going to forgive you. We're not going to let you back in. They're, they're holding him at bay, keeping him in jail. What are they saying? It revealing their pride that they're saying, I'm God. I'm the judge. I'll determine when you get let back in if you get to come back in. But let's think about the second thing. So we, we realize that unforgiveness and a lack of repentance reveals pride in our life. But, but I want us to look also that forgiveness comes after faith and repentance. You see, Paul said that the punishment which was afflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man. That he had come to a place of repentance. Now let me ask you this. Had this man not come to a place of repentance, Paul would not have been calling for the Corinthian church to bring him back in. I want you to think about that. 
But because this man had remorse and repentance, he was calling for them to bring him back in. So, so we must think from time to time uh, about what we do when we use repentance and we use forgiveness and how we uh, deal with that. Because sometimes the Christian church has taken forgiveness to something that it's not. But before I address that, I want to come back and just kind of mention a few things. You say, what do you do to bring somebody back? Somebody that's not willing to be repentant, what's that look like? Well, in 1 Corinthians, we've seen that Paul said to turn a man over to Satan, that his soul may be saved as fire. And most theologians believe it was just putting him out of the church. So you've got to understand, in that time, if a person was placed out of the church, man, they were, they were in the world, they were the Greeks, they wasn't just going to go to another church down the road. They were going to be without the body of Christ at that point. Uh, but then you also have Matthew 18, where Jesus teaches us to go to the man personally, bring two or three witnesses, and then bring the person uh, before the church. You've got Galatians 6 that we dealt with in a devotion a couple of weeks ago about restoring such a one who's caught in sin, lest you also be tempted. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 said, Do not keep company with that person. It's almost this same ideal that we break company <clears throat> with someone that's unwilling to repent. Now get this. This is not breaking company with somebody that's done something wrong but that's remorseful and repentant. This is breaking company with somebody that's done something wrong that's not, that does not have any remorse, that is not willing to repent. So then 1 Timothy 5.20 says also to rebuke in the presence of all. We don't know exactly what the punishment, what the discipline was that the church used with this guy. What we know is that discipline took place, and what we know, it brought about repentance. And brought about repentance, which it should be, is to restore that person. It done what it was supposed to do. To do. Now it's time to show mercy. See, there needs to be remorse and repentance from one who is seeking forgiveness. So the question is, because sometimes there's horrific things that happens in our world, and those people that have committed that are not remorseful or repentant. How do we deal with them? What do you do with somebody that has hurt you extremely bad, but there's no remorse and no repentance in their life? Well, Romans 12, verses 11 through 17 deals with this. You see... It, he gives us three things in there about this. First of all, he wants to be clear that in this case of no remorse and no repentance, vengeance is not ours. It's, it's not okay for us to get back at him. It's not okay for us to repay. It, this is God's plan. Second thing that he says for us is for us literally to proactively love them and to, to, to be at peace, live with, at, with peace with all men if, it is imp if it's possible. You see, think about this. God said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? He, he gave his son, he proactively loved a group of people who was unrepentant at that time. Right? And it's the goodness of God that brings you and I to a place of repentance. But the principle number three, and I want you to see this, 
is that then Paul says, so we're not the avenger, and we're going to love people. We're going to proactively, proactively care for people, but we're also going to give room for the wrath of God. So, so someone who is without remorse and without what repentance, then we have to say, God, that is yours. And, and I'll ask this question. We talked about this Friday with Josh in, the, in our discussion. Does God forgive somebody who's not repentant? Guys, He does not. He does not. Uh, forgiveness is based upon our faith and repentance. All of those who are unrepentant, all of those who have not put faith in Christ, will end up punishing and suffering the wrath of God, unlike those who are in Christ. So God would not ask us to do something that He doesn't do Himself. And that is to extend forgiveness to somebody who is, rem who is, not, full of rem who is not remorseful and repentant. I don't have time to go here, but just quickly, I don't want to leave this section without saying to you, just be cautious about bitterness in a way that it would control your life. Okay? So what do we do? Vengeance is God. He's got it, Lord. What, 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 do we, what do we do? We proactively care, but we give room for God to say, God, you do your justice. Okay? Now let's, let's move on as we continue. So, so forgiveness comes after remorse and repentance. Number three, repentance and forgiveness takes people from sorrow to joy. Verse 7 said, So that on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. You've you got to think about, he's remorse and he's sorrowful, but they're not willing to let it go. And man, the sorrow that's being caused in his life because the church won't bring him back in, the church won't love him based on his remorse and repentance, is, calling, is heaping sorrow above sorrow. And, and I think about David when he's praying the prayer in Psalm 51. What's one of the things that he says? He says, he says Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Guys, we have an opportunity in people's lives when we extend forgiveness, when there's been repentance. We have opportunity to what? To restore joy into their life. Think about number four with me. Forgiveness and repentance, it affirms our love. Look at verse, 13, verse 8. He said, therefore I urge you to reaffirm your love to Him. You see, when we're showing forgiveness, what are we doing? We are, we are extending our love to that person. I think about Ephesians 4.32 that says, Even as God forgave you, man, we forgive others. Colossians 3.13 said, Even as Christ forgave you. John MacArthur said that, never more, that we're never more like God than when we forgive someone. Number five, repentance and forgiveness is an act of obedience. Look at verse 9. For to this end I also wrote, Paul said, that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. The, the scripture says that obedience is better than sacrifice. You see, listen, you've got to think about this. Um, repentance 
is an opportunity for us to obey. Forgiving the one who has repented is an, op- is an opportunity for us to obey. Um, Charles Stanley said, Obedience always leads to God's best. Number six. Repentance and forgiveness shuts the door in Satan's face. Look at verse 11. Verse 11. Lest Satan... Listen, he's talking about this forgiveness. He's talking about it. He said, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Remember Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 said, Don't let the, the, the sun go down on your wrath, but be sure don't, don't give Satan a foothold into your life. Don't continue to be bitter and unforgiving. Do not let Satan have that place. Ephesians 6, 11 says, Withstand the schemes of the devil. 1 Peter 5, 8 says that Satan seeks to devour and to destroy, to gulp down those of us. And many times he uses people's lack of remorse and lack of repentance that brings about unforgiveness. But the reality is this, family, is that the flesh does not want to forgive people, nor does the flesh want to repent. The flesh wants to hold people in some kind of punishment as if they're the judge. And the flesh wants to continue in its sin because the truth is, is somehow it is fulfilled by it. But the benefits of repentance and forgiveness are much greater than not repenting and having unforgiveness. You see, when we repent and there's forgiveness we're practicing humility when we repent and there's forgiveness we're displaying mercy when there's repentance and forgiveness there's sorrow that's turned to joy when there's repentance and forgiveness there's love for each other when there's repentance and forgiveness there's opportunity for obedience when there's repentance and forgiveness We've slammed the door in Satan's face and we've not given him a place in our life. In closing today, I want us to just think for just a minute about repentance. You have hurt someone or someone has hurt you and maybe even a lot of times the pain and the hurt seems to be in our lives the same jump. It's almost like Satan knows what it is that deflects us. Satan knows what it is that trips us up. You know, the Hebrew writer talked about it, the sin that so easily besets us. So the same old junk. And we know that Paul wrote, put it off and put on these things. We know that Paul wrote, pursue and flee and train yourself to godliness. Peter said, make every effort. So there's sometimes in our life that it's like, man, we're, we're doing all these things. We're putting on, we're putting off, we're pursuing, we're there. But something happens and we still fall. And when we fall, when we choose to go down that road, it brings pain to the people that we love, right? So God's been dealing with my heart this week in a, in a verse out of 2 Timothy 2.25. And he's talking about, concerning those in opposition 
He's saying correct those. And this is what he says. Perhaps God will grant them repentance. You see, so I've been thinking about this even this week as we're pursuing, as we're training, as we're putting on, as we're putting off. We're renewing our mind. We're thinking us. But the deal is, is at some point, God's got to change our heart. Because what we do, what we want to do is because we want to, because our heart wants to. Everything flows from our heart, right? So our heart's got to be changed. And the heart can't be changed unless God grants repentance. So I challenge you, if you're on the path and you're on the side this week of, of struggling, that you continue in the same thing over and over, I just challenge you this week not only to continue to pursue and to continue to train, but also, man, continue to pray and say, God, grant me repentance here. God, I need repentance in this area. I need, I need a heart change in this area. And then... I want to close also not only with repentance, but forgiveness. You see, forgiveness, Ali, you just can't say, you just can't be hurt deeply and many times and just say, you're forgiven. You, you can't, man, one person described forgiveness like this. It's like moving from one neighborhood to another neighborhood, from one state to another, and you've got all your stuff packed up, and you go to the new home, and you unpack all your stuff, and six months down the road or years down the road, you're looking in a garage, and there's a box that you never unpacked. Sometimes unforgiveness feels like that. It feels like there's just something else to have to unpack. Something else to have to process through. Something else of what I'm going to do with that. But guys, I'll challenge you today as I close is that, man, as Christians, as disciples of Christ, our life ought to be a life lived of repentance and forgiveness. And it ought to be something that's displayed in our life on a regular basis. Guys, I love you. Have a good week, and don't forget the morning devotions.